outside of virtual hardwood, it's the NLSC Podcast, episode number 417. Andrew with you once again. I am joined as always by Derek, aka D for 3. No, I'm happy to be here again. Uh, Andrew, we got to start off the podcast talking about the College Hoops 2K8 tournament, uh, which we're running this month. And we got 16 people on board. The tournament starts this weekend. And super exciting. Uh, you People, you know, downloading Parsec, thrilled about how it works and, you know, participating in these tournaments. There's actually a couple of people that were interested in participating, but uh, spots had already been filled. So we, we love to see that. People, as you said, love these tournaments. Well, if you signed up for the NLSC forum, you would know that we're running these tournaments and you can jump on the NLSC discord where we're constantly talking about the different tournaments that we run. Um, so my suggestion as far as like being in the know and, and knowing when these things are coming up, um, definitely, uh, you know, become a forum member on the NLSC and, uh, let us know you're interested. For sure. I mean, we are your source for basketball gaming as our tagline has said for a few years now, possibly 10 years actually, but absolutely follow us on social media Join us in the forum. Check out our articles. Listen to the podcast. You know, as, as you said, Derek, be in the know. Join us for what we do for basketball gaming, uh, including these tournaments. But I, I do love to see that enthusiasm, uh, the 16 that are ready to go, the uh, Sweet 16. Uh, 64 might be an ambitious target, but you know what? One day we might be able to do it, especially with so many people showing interest. Like, Let's never rule it out, Derek. Yeah, we have different people joining the Discord all the time and, and different people finding out about Parsec either via watching the YouTube videos or seeing the posts on Twitter, etc. So, um, yeah, it's it's not out of the realm of possibility that even by March next year that we could do a 32 or even 64 person tournament. Um, I do want to say that the practice games leading up to the tournament have been a blast. I connected with Nate Stasho, the NBA Live 2001 legend, um, and he and I had a practice game where I used the Georgetown Hoyas, who I've switched from since. Um, he used the Ohio State Buckeyes, who we actually switched from since for the tournament. Um, but we had a practice game, and it went incredibly well. I thought he played very well for somebody who is new to that game. I don't think he had ever played it before. Um, and, you know, like we talked about, you know, that game is just incredibly fun. We really need another college basketball game coming out. And hopefully with the, with the new agreements and whatnot with the NCAA, we'll get a new game at some point. But um, we had a great game. And then I connected with one kidney Kenny, who's also still the 33, our friend Ken, um, who was on the show prior. And um, I use the Yukon Huskies, who I switched to because of the legend Hashim Tabit, who I have at center on that team. Uh, and he used the Purdue Boilermakers. And he's a big fan of that team. He knows that team from 07-08 incredibly well. Uh, and we had an epic game that I think, uh, I think I only won it by about eight or 10 points. And he's relatively new to that game as well. Um, but, you know, he, he texted me during that game and he was like, wow, this game is so fun. You know, this game is a blast. And I was echoing that as well. It's just really fun all around in that game. The pace, the shooting feels great. Um, you have 
the good post moves, spinning left, spinning right, half hooks, big dunks, drop steps, all of that stuff. Um, it's fun to play defense. Uh, the atmosphere is absolutely fantastic. College basketball atmosphere. Uh, it was just great connecting with both Nate and Ken and playing practice games with them on College Hoops 2K8. Well, I think it speaks volumes that there's still a community out there that's making roster updates, or, or there was, up, at least up until a few years ago, I believe, for College Hoops 2K8. You remember uh, Andrew, the ex, mentioned that it was, would it be one of the games last week that he would uh, take to the Desert Island. So a lot of love still for College Hoops 2K8. You bring up the agreement with, uh, with the NCAA. Are you going to do names? Are you going to generate names for the roster, or is it just going to be uh, numbers in the tournament? I'm going to do just numbers. I'm going to keep the roster as default. And the reason is, is because I also don't want to step on toes, right? There's a reason why the college basketball games stopped being made, right? Because the the players weren't getting paid for the use of their likeness or semi-likeness or somewhat likeness or ever, however you want to put it. Like me using the Yukon Huskies, it is obvious that that center is Hashim to be right. Same number, similar look, similar vitals, you know, similar ratings is what he would have, but they, you know, only assigned a number because they couldn't have the, his name in there legally. Like they didn't have the rights to do that. Um, so I don't want to step on toes. I don't want to get their names in there and, you know, piss off a player. Right. Sure. If he see that, if he sees that video. Like even something like like that gameplay video or he 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 sees people sharing the highlights that we post on Twitter. I don't want him to be like, you know, man, I didn't get a cent for that. Right. And look, my name and likeness is in that game. So um, I'm going to say, you know, let's just use the default rosters. You know, for example, even for my local school. So UNH Wildcats, that's University of New Hampshire for people who don't know. They're in the game. And I know some of the players that were playing for the school roughly around that time and their likenesses in the game. Right. Like I can tell what players are there, like, like who they're trying to, you know, say those players are. So I just don't, I don't want to step on toes. No, that's fair. I mean, you can definitely see who it's supposed to be. You can say, you can see why they ran into so many problems with the Ed O'Bannon lawsuit. And, and, and people kind of pushed back on that, remember? And they said, oh, he's being greedy and whatnot. But no, the school was making a lot of money off uh, student-athletes. You know, South Park did a whole episode on on that back in the day. So it, it's definitely a thing. But, but but I did actually mean generated names, like gen- if, replacing them with uh, the fictional names with the, generator, the name generator in the game. I, I, I was wondering if you were going to do that. I mean, that's a good way to create virtual hardwood legends, right? True. Like you just if you if you did something like that and they re- generated a random name like Hinsey, I use Hinsey because he's NCAA basketball super NES. Their center was Hinsey and he like a fifty rating on three or something like that and he just never missed. But anyway, so yeah, the, you know, make a legend out of Hinsey in in college hoops two K eight who lifts insert team name to the NCAA title right. Like that is something that I could do, but I think that I just want to leave the roster as default with the numbers and just go with it that way um the generated player name thing though is is something that i was thinking about i really do admire the people that make those rosters for college hoops for the uh, ncaa march madness and ncaa basketball uh games by ea as well just because that's a lot of players to edit like you think about how many players we make when we do rosters for uh nba live or nba 2k over the years nba rosters for nba games 
I mean, that's a lot. And certainly retro rosters and, and retro seasons, there's a lot of work. But there's so many schools in the game. That, that's a lot of hours to put in to, to even just change names. Hundreds. Hundreds of schools. I wouldn't be exaggerating, I don't think, if I said 300. Is that right? Sounds about right. Yeah, it sounds about right. I'd have to, I'd have to look it up. I know that there is just a countless number of schools in that game. And, you know, that March Madness legacy project um, for NBA Live 10, you've got to appreciate what those guys did, getting all of those classic teams in there and also naming the teams that were um, in there by default. And I think they added like 21-22 college teams with players and everything. That is just a lot of work. And it also explains why for that project they had to have quite a few different people working on it. Right, because for one person, that's just an insane amount of work. Oh, with, with these big projects, you absolutely need a couple of people at the very least working on it. Because yeah, you you go mad trying to do that. Uh, of course, this is March Modernus going on. We have a couple of entries so far. A lot of people uploading work to the the downloads database. Uh, in general, uh, I released a new version of my Live 2004 9596 uh, roster, Derek. Uh, it's just some minor tweaks to this one, but I replaced the installation routine from a setup exe to just all the files to extract to a folder because that seems to be the the way to go these days for a while there we were trying to do the the setup exe because people were struggling to find the folders people seem to be a bit better about that now and, and the setup exe just wasn't finding a lot of the folders on newer windows anyway so i've done a, a minor update to that to make it a little bit easier to install uh, hopefully you can install that derek when you get your copy of life 2004 which is somewhere between uh, newcastle and new hampshire at the moment yeah, I can't wait to get that. Um, thank you for sending that down. Um, I'm going to play the hell out of that, let's be honest. Um, but you and I do need to connect on Live 2004, maybe this week, and play that mod again. Because we had such a good time um, with that matchup with me using the Miami Heat 95-96 and you using Barkley's Phoenix Suns and all the blocks by Alonzo Mourning, the big dunks by Charles Barkley, uh, etc. It was just a really fun game. And, you know, you hosted, but it worked really well on my end. And I'd love to show the community more highlights. I'd love to show the community how awesome NBA Live 2004 really was and still is in so many different ways. No, we definitely need to do that. I need to get on those tutorials on how to make Live 2003, 2004, and some of those older games run on Windows 10 because of the whole secure driver situation being removed from Windows 10. So some of those disks with, the, with that protection don't work anymore. There are some workarounds that you, can, that you can do. So I'll have to put those guides out there because, you know, Lady Culture brought it up that she loved to check out the mod, the new version, but she's having some trouble getting Live 2004 to run on Windows 10, which... It comes down to that security measure that was patched out in 7 and 8 and, and removed completely from, from 10. It's a shame that Microsoft did that. Uh, they did do that for security reasons, but all the same, if you are a retro gamer, like you and I are, and a lot of other people would like to be, it, it does make it hard to get those old games to run. But there is a way, and uh, I'll, I'll send that information along to you as well. Well, I keep getting these pop-ups that are saying, hey, you know, Windows 11, you know, download, upgrade, upgrade to Windows 11. And I'm refusing to do it. I'm going to stick with Windows 10 as long as I possibly can. Because from everything that I'm reading from fellow PC gamers, uh, Windows 11 limits a lot of the games that you can play from the past. In fact, um, games, any games really like earlier than NBA 2K14 PC, um, they are either not going to run or they'll have trouble running 
on Windows 11. And that's just a no-go for you and I, right? I mean, we have to be able to be a play the classics, you know, prior to NBA 2K14. So I'm going to stick with Windows 10 as long as I can because um, I shouldn't be forced to switch anyway, right? Oh, 100%. So, 100%. Uh, Sticky Fingers actually did some some testing on that, and I saw that he mentioned that, that the games earlier than 2K14 weren't running or weren't, weren't running well. So, yeah, I'm in no rush to, uh, to upgrade either because it is important to play those, to be able to run those games for my own enjoyment, obviously, but also... You know, as a content creator, going back and grabbing a screenshot whenever I want or a video or whatever, you know, I need to be able to access those games. And I can, of course, run a virtual machine through VMware and an old version of Windows, but there's more messing around and you've got to take the, the screenshot of the, the whole desktop rather than just taking an easy one from the, the game. Morales or Bandicam is outside of the, the virtual machine, so there's a lot of messing around. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm quite happy to stick with Windows 10 for now. And it's, it's a real shame that they're doing that with Windows 11. Yeah, um... I, I want to point something out because Andrew kind of just touched on, you know, that he has a vast collection and whatnot. I don't think people, I want people to, that listen to this show to understand how much of a nutcase Andrew is with his basketball gaming collection. Mm, and yep. I say that as a compliment. He is absolutely hardcore. So he sent me pictures of his NBA Live, NBA 2K collections, and then his alternate basketball games collection. So not live and not 2K. And I got to tell you something. I don't know anybody on this earth that has more basketball video games than Andrew. And Andrew doesn't just collect the title once either. If it's for a different platform, you can bet that Andrew has it. So he'll have multiple copies of the same game for different platforms and sometimes for the same platform. Because maybe he saw it at like a bargain price or something like that and got another version. And I'm very similar, but Andrew has me beat with his basketball game and collection. Like I, I have three different versions. I have three different NBA jam, 2010s, two for one, the same console, one for a different console. Um, I have Christ. I have two NBA live Oh sevens. If you can believe that. Wow. Okay. For, now that, that does surprise yeah, me. Yeah. You, you know, you call me crazy, <laughs> but that, yeah, I know for Xbox 360, I have two NBA live Oh sevens. I know that's wild. I have two NBA live 15s for Xbox one and PS4. Two NBA Live 16s, Xbox One, PS4. Two NBA, uh, three NBA 2K17s, Xbox One, PS4, and PC, etc. So I'm crazy like Andrew with this as far as being a collector, but he still somehow has me beat. And I really want him to show those screenshots because you guys wouldn't believe it. I do have to post that. He, he, well, this is also how crazy I am about it. After I took that photo, I realized that I left a couple of the Konami games off to the side. So the full collection shot that I have, or, or the full physical collection shot, I should say, because I also have ones that are digital only, so I kind of have to put them in at the side as a separate screenshot. But I kind of want to pull them all out again and take another photo, making sure that I've got those missing games in there, just so that I actually have a proper full photo. But I should probably post the photo that I've got at the moment, because it still shows the the size of my collection and that's kind of all crammed in together in the, the space that i have to take that photo but no i definitely am crazy i do take that as a compliment derek um because i know that you're you're the same with it uh, collecting on multiple platforms collecting multiple covers when possible like i've got the how many 2k12s do i have i think i have the okay so 2k12 pc the jordan cover um i've got the jordan bird and magic covers for PS3 and 360, and I've also got a promotional copy for 360 as well. So what's that? Eight copies of 2K12? Yeah, it's it's 
it's ridiculous. But I, I got to tell people though, this is the funny part. Andrew has this ridiculous collection, like biggest collection I've ever seen. But every time we we connect on Parsec, he goes, I don't know what to choose. I don't know what to play. And he always goes back, <laughs> almost always goes back to the same favorites. He'll throw on like NBA Live 96 or he'll throw on NBA Live 2004 or Live 2003. And we like basically play only those few games when Andrew connects with me. And I think part of it, Andrew, is the fact that you do have so many games. And this head-to-head thing, you know, with me or even playing on the same team, this co-op or head-to-head local play type feel is still somewhat new to you. So I think it's a combination of things that it's hard for you to wrap your mind around choosing a game outside of your few favorites. Am I right with that? No, that's that's definitely a big part of it. It's just so much to choose from that you that you wonder what to play. Not all of it I have set up to play on Parsec. Some of it I don't have set up with the emulators at this time. So that's also a factor as well the other thing is i am a creature of habit absolutely uh so i i'll often have you know i'll get new stuff but i'm still playing or, or watching old stuff i'll get a new dvd but you know i pull out an old one to, an old box set to watch or something an old movie or an old tv show to watch over and over again so the creature of habit uh habit that i have is is definitely a factor there but yeah sometimes i just with, with such a huge choice you're like what do you choose okay i'll just go to the old favorites i'll go to the old standards yeah. I think I said to Andrew, I think I said to Andrew on a previous session, I was like, let's try to play something, you know, that we haven't played before. And he put on NBA Jam Tournament Edition, which you you had just played. Like, that's kind of, but I love it too, though, because it just shows your passion for those older games that you really loved, right? Like you still. Oh, for sure. They hold up. But we did try and play a game that's available out there, a prototype, uh, Shaq versus the Legends. We need to get it working properly uh, i think it's kind of glitch a glitchy build anyway the one that leaked it's available on the uh, hidden palace uh, wiki of, uh, of uh, sega games but what an interesting concept you know i, I do want to get that working and figure out how the menus work because it was really weird like we kept pressing buttons and it kept going back to the main menu but there's this game called shack versus the legends an ea sports game that was around the time of live 96 it's why shack was a uh, an ea exclusive at the time why he was exclusively in that game in nba live but it had legends, and, and the idea was that Shaq would take on these uh, these legends, Shaq versus the legends. So, again, that's a game that I hadn't heard of until recently. I, I think it was Wrestling Modders on, on Twitter that, that mentioned it, and, and I looked into it and got it from Hidden Palace. And, and, yeah, what an interesting game, Derek. What a shame it didn't come out. Andrew, you know how I feel about the legends. Oh, yeah. I'm all about the legends. So, obviously, I lit up. Like, I remember messaging you when you put the game on and we tried to play it, we didn't even get into the gameplay. We'll have to try it again this week. But I messaged you and I was like, Oh my God, this is cool. Like, wow, this looks really neat. And it's because, you know, I looked and I think I saw Jerry West and I think I saw like Oscar Robertson in there and seeing those legends in those, in an older game like that represented the way that they were and everything, um, you know, with the focus being on them um, and them not just being like, you know, an insert into the game or extra content. I thought that was really cool. Hey, an unauthorized unlockable in Live 96 for Super Nintendo and Genesis. Yeah, same with NBA in the Zone 2. Oh, you had the, yeah. uh, you had the, uh, you go into create a player and it's like, oh, yeah. wait a minute, that guy's like Barkley. Yeah. Wait a minute, that's, <laughs> yeah, wait a minute, that's Barkley's exact height and weight. Oh, wait, that's exactly Wilt Chamberlain's height and weight and look. Oh, wow. And like stuff like that. So like they tried that stuff back then when they couldn't get the rights to those players or licensing. They're like, you know what? We're going to find a backdoor way to get 
these legends in there um, and for people to use them. Now, I think that they can't get away with that as much now. No. Because if they did something like that, it would be plastered all over social media and on YouTube. Um, but back then, in the infancy of the internet and all of that stuff, um, they didn't have to worry about you know me going on NBA in the Zone 2 unlocking these legends that are not supposed to be in the game, creating them, and then, you know, like, me showing gameplay and it going viral, right? They wouldn't have to worry about that. Oh, oh, for sure. But even as it was, they got in trouble for that, Konami, back in the day, which is why the next In The Zone games after that, uh, Michael Jordan's replaced by a generic white guy, not not even a generic uh, black guy. Could totally still get in trouble, but they could, sil- they could, they could keep it down. They could it, silence it, it. It wasn't as big of a deal, yeah. The, gaming, gaming was more niche, basketball gaming more niche still these days with 2k for example selling 10 million plus copies a year if they were to try to sneak barkley in especially with how high profile he's been as a missing player and his reasons for not being in the game and putting those reasons out there and 2k still asking him and not meeting those demands if they did if they put a c forward in there in the game for example like uh, konami did with the in the zone 2 oh yeah there would be uh there'd be problems yeah the thing is is that with mods because mods are so well known now because of the Dom 2Ks of the world and other influencers that get, you know, their videos get millions of views at times. Sometimes, you know, you can get away with stuff. Like if, if Barkley's face, for example, is in like NBA 2K16, like he's in the files, but they never got permission to put him in the game. So he's just kind of in there. You know what I mean? You could mod, you could use that cyber face that's already in the game and mod him in and say hey look it's a charles barkley mod and then there can't be any raise of eyebrows about you know is this you know infringing on licensing right because it's mods like like people know about the modding community now but it is different like you said if they literally put like a c forward in like with his his face with his actual face well no even he's number 34 and he looks somewhat like barkley but doesn't look just like barkley and his vitals are similar or the same or whatever like you couldn't get away with that now no because barkley his team of representatives would be knocking on your door and of course the ed o'bannon lawsuit has set a precedent in this this regard obviously for ncaa games and college games but it also goes for other games as well I, i think one of the the maddens tried to sneak uh a placeholder in there for for Jim Brown, uh, the Cleveland Browns, great at some point, and and he was also involved in a lawsuit. So, so they've got to be very careful these days, right? It, it's surprising to me that they even allow what they do with modding, right? It walks like a line, at, yeah. It does. It walks a line because you know you look at these videos popping up with stuff that they don't have licenses to, right? Like, so somebody will upload. This is some a very small example, but you'll get the point. You see somebody, um, you know, maybe in the NLSC or even Operation Sports, they mod a Boston Celtics floor and actually put TD Garden on the baseline, right? Like that. They, the NBA 2K doesn't have the license to use td garden on the court like they can't do that that's why it's not in there that's why it just says boston celtics um but you see videos go up nba 2k 22 celtics versus 76ers you know at td garden and it's gameplay from nba 2k 22 with td garden on the floor right like modded on there but it looks official like i i I am still surprised that like you said, it's walking a fine line. I, I'm, I'm still surprised that modding has reached what it has without any real cracking down on it, right? Because of all the different, you know, 
all the different players, all the different courts, the arenas, all of that stuff that people are making and they look official in game, but they're not technically allowed to be in the game by default. I think we have been very lucky in that regard, no question. I mean, there are some people that say, that say why don't 2K, why doesn't 2K promote mods? And the simple answer is they can't because then they're promoting unlicensed content. And it's the same reason we don't let people charge for mods because that's the kind of thing that would really draw the wrong attention to the modding scene. Oh, 100%. Um, I think that we've done a good job balancing it on the NLSC. I think, um, you know, balancing what people are allowed to do and then also, you know, being strict about what people shouldn't be doing that could compromise the modding community and modding in general and the PC release, frankly, um, because that's where the modding is going on. So, no, I, I, I do think it's crazy, though. Like you said, I don't think they could get away with it, though in this day and age, in the height of social media, height of access and everything, height of YouTube, et cetera, they couldn't get away with doing like a, you know, power for like on the all time sons. Can you imagine power forward number 34? <laughs> and it's like a, a bald generic guy, but he has all of Barkley's vitals. Like they couldn't get away with that now. Gosh, who could this possibly be? Right, right. Exactly. Right. Jordan versus Bard. Yeah. Like that, fly, that wouldn't fly today. Not at all. So that's why we are careful about modding and why we don't allow charging for mods there are other reasons as well but it's just so much uh bad stuff that we can bring upon ourselves if we're going to allow uh charging for mods which is why we we don't do it a lot of bad will in the community a lot of fights over you didn't pay me or you didn't pay me enough or you didn't do good enough work for what i paid for and then of course then of course we are asked to step in derek and we don't want to do that we, we don't want to be free of charge mind you having to moderate these disputes oh i mean modding should be looked at as a hobby as a fun hobby hell if you get noticed by a company because of your hard uh, for, because of your artwork and your skills and everything hey good for you right that's the bonus um but modding really should be looked at as a hobby uh, a, a community hobby in a lot of ways uh you know share your work you know improve other people's experiences etc uh, when you start modding and using these light um, these non-licensed entities and putting them in these games and then, you know, trying to make a profit off of them, that's when it gets sticky and that's when we have to crack down. Exactly. So, so we're not going to back down on that. that. That has been our policy since we were founded back in 1996. Obviously, back then it was much harder to pay for mods. We didn't have PayPal and other such services and Patreon. And so we, we know that the, the internet has become monetized and a, a career for people, but, but modding should not be a career. It can lead to one, though, obviously, as you said, Derek, getting noticed by by 2k and, and ea back in the day and and getting uh, employed off of that because they're impressed by your work and, and what you can bring to the table if you're actually on the other side of things if you go from the community to the development team now you're you've got direct access to the other developers to share your ideas with the rest of the team and if you have the skills to implement them yourself so you know and leftos is obviously a great example of that i mean he had the, those great ideas for for franchise mode for for, my, for association back in the day which became my GM and, and my league and a lot of that stuff he couldn't necessarily do if he was just suggesting those ideas they got him on the team with his programming know-how and his ability to meet with other people who were other talented people on the team who were able to program that and share those ideas directly I mean the wish lists are absolutely worth doing but the people on the, if you get those people on the team from the community who are passionate and know what they're doing it has paid off in in previous games I got to bring something up, though. You brought up EA Sports, so it brings me back. I want to circle back to College Hoops 2K8. Listen, College Hoops 2K8 is a blast. 
EA Sports kept going with their college series with NCAA Basketball 09 and NCAA Basketball 10. And then obviously that was it. It would be amazing if EA Sports said, you know what? Let's go the college route. We don't have a a competitor in that space right now. Let's create a college basketball game and put our best foot forward and come out with that. Right. I think that I, I wouldn't be surprised if those conversations are happening in the in the background at some point, you know, with the executives and everything. And they're trying to get something like that done. But that would be such a statement by EA Sports and they could bring back college basketball video games. Right. Um, I would um, say, you know, this idea, you know, exercise with caution because EA Sports has been known to mess things up on the first try, right? Like when they implemented the WNBA. Oh, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they didn't do a very good job of that. They didn't give it the right attention to detail. And then they got burned by 2K who did it way better. So I, I do want to, you know, exercise that idea with caution. But at the same time, I think that there is a huge opportunity for them to jump in possibly and make a college basketball game that could blow people away and get people excited about college hoops, basketball, video games again. Oh, there's definitely merit in that idea. And again, as you said, there's no competition there. So you're not having to play catch up with, with NBA 2K. There's not that comparison there. I mean, there's going to be some comparison as far as it's a basketball game, a sim oriented basketball game and the quality of it and comparisons to previous games and previous NBA live games. I mean, I would obviously love to see NBA live return and be that viable NBA alternative but that's a, that would be a really good idea for EA to to avoid that competition, to fill that niche, to fill that, that void in the market. Uh, yeah, I, I think that could be a very clever idea for them to pursue. They just can't half it. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like they, they, have to, they have to put their best foot forward and, and get the atmosphere right and get the likenesses right and get the rights to the coach, the coaching staff, and, you know, for all the different teams, et cetera. So, um and they have to have it. It has to have some depth and whatnot and some customization. But um, yeah, just just a thought that came to mind. I do hope that NBA Live comes back. I am obviously a more of a fan of the NBA. I was never a huge college basketball fan, but I know how popular college basketball is and college basketball games, video games were. But I will say this college hoops 2K8 on the sticks playing it loving the game of basketball in general has just been an absolute blast. And it makes me wish that I had spent time with it back in the day. What people probably don't know about me is even though, yeah, I've, I've had a couple practice games and whatnot, I didn't spend any time really with college hoops, 2k eight back in the day. I'm still new to the game. So I've only played like four or five full games all time on that game. But every single game that I played has been an absolute blast, even against the computer. It's just a really fun game. See, I'm in the same boat because I wasn't able to import them until the last couple of years and it's been really refreshing to, to go back and play those games it's been it's been kind of weird especially with the ea games the ea college basketball games because they're so similar to the nba live games that i did spend a lot of time with so it's it's familiar yet very foreign at the same time because it's the same kind of menus and the same presentation but ncaa instead of nba so it's kind of fun in that regard but those games some of those games hold up really well i do like college hoops 2k8 uh, I, I kind of prefer NCAA Basketball 10 from EA a little more because of the, the right stick dribbling. But but I, I do think it's a, a tremendous game. I said as much in my retrospective uh, last year. It's just a shame 
that it's getting so expensive to collect. I mean, that's that's kind of the way with retro games at the moment in general. But I mean, you saw the prices when you got your, your when you got your copy of College Troops Two K Eight. The funny thing is, is you actually got a pretty good price for that. The total plus shipping for me was one hundred and five dollars for a game that came out, you know, fourteen years ago. So. Yeah, I mean, it stings a little bit. Uh, I think it was worth it to add it to my collection, and more importantly, worth it so I could run the College Hoops 2K8 tournament for the NLSC and actually just connect with people casually like I did with you on that game and, you know, play head-to-head and whatnot and, you know, upload those highlights to YouTube and everything. I think it was worth it, um, and I feel like my basketball collection is always worth it, right? Um, my basketball gaming collection but yeah it's crazy the steep prices and i'm seeing more and more tweets go up about stores taking advantage of people with these retro games and these these prices and whatnot i think somebody said they saw a version of matt for the gamecube i want to say it was madden 06 or madden 04 I can't remember which one Um, they posted it on Twitter and there was a retro store that opened up in their area that was selling it for like $130. No joke. He has it in hand showing a picture of him holding it in the store, like $130 from a GameCube Madden. And wow, what a red flag, right? Like, um, these little gaming shops and whatnot are taking advantage of people, and then the internet is also taking advantage of people as well with these prices. Oh, eBay prices are a whole thing within the collecting uh, community, from what I've seen, and certainly from my, you know, I, I just collect basketball games, but it, it does seem to be the, the case all around, where you've got to get in at the right time, because once a trend happens with retro basketball game collecting, or retro game collecting, I should say, then... It, it just those prices do just snowball that they, they are looking to gouge they're looking to raise those prices well beyond what they should be because a lot of these games at least with the college games they are there's they're kind of rare and there's, there's fewer of them in circulation and which is not to justify the prices as they are but you can understand they are a bit rarer but if you look at something like a like a madden like a live like a 2k the, the, there was a lot of copies that came out and there's a fair few of them in circulation they shouldn't be more than about 20 or 30 dollars depending on how old they are i mean it's funny you can actually get a copy of live 95 for super nintendo much cheaper or even live 95 pc much cheaper than 2k10 pc it shouldn't be that way yeah you know what it does actually is it makes me appreciative that i'm mainly interested in one genre right definitely my main interest in collecting is basketball video games so i can just focus on that but there's a lot of people out there that are retro game collectors in general or into who collect for many different genres you know adventure rpg sports etc and i feel bad for those people who are looking for titles that are 20 25 maybe 30 years old sometimes and the the prices are just astronomical they're outrageous so i I definitely feel for those people more and again when they're not rare it it just seems such a ripoff to to put them at that price. And sometimes they're not even complete in box or, or they're not good condition. I mean, if it's one thing, if you have a sealed copy of Disney Sports Basketball, which is a very rare game, and if it's new and sealed and whatnot, you know, that does become a collector's item. But NBA Live 08 is not. Certainly not Live 07, but I own two of them, so what's wrong with me? <laughs> That's I right. Guess, right. 
But College Hoops 2K8, definitely a classic. I'm sure it'll uh, show up in the top 10, some of the highlights from the tournament and whatnot. And actually, before we get to the mailbag this week, I wanted to bring up the top 10. Another very strong top 10 this week. Uh, mostly 2K22, people obviously enjoying the, the latest game. It's always interesting, Derek, when you, when you send me the top 10 and, and I see which games have been featured. It's a good barometer of what people have been playing over the past week. And that's, that is always interesting, always fascinating to see. Yeah, NBA 2K22, I've been getting more highlights for that recently. It's the current game, and, and that's what the, the majority of people are in on. Uh, you know, retro gaming, as much as we love it, and as much as it's been a hit on Parsec and, and on the Discord and on the forum and everything, it's still um, incredibly niche in comparison to, uh, you know, the newest title, right? Always. So, like, I... Yeah, so I'm not surprised by more NBA 2K22 highlights. You know, we have Teddy Bear the Gamer in there. Uh, again, with NBA 2K22 using a college mod um, for the console. And yes, it is a mod, even though it's default game assets, I still consider it a mod because it's modifications. And, you know, he's throwing it down in that game. Um, For the number 10 highlight, we had two game winners, one with James Harden on NBA 2K22 from the Live King, where he sizes up his defender and hits a three at the buzzer and wins the game. Then the number one play of the week, which is Caps 4872, who played in the NBA Live 10 tournament. You know, he's playing NBA 2K22, and the reason why this was in over Harden for number one is because of the difficulty of the shot. He passes it into Luka Doncic, and Doncic does a fadeaway three that he greens, and it goes nothing but net, and that, that ends up winning the game so that was the number one play of the week we had three dunks from at kenny young kenny um from the forums uh playing my team and those are on nba from nba 2k22 as well uh the one that i liked that was in there uh the two the two excuse me the three that i liked most that were in there were actually not the nba 2k22 ones um it was yours on nba 2k14 with that sweet behind the back pass to spencer hawes with the commentary that you added what a sweet pass nice little um finesse finish and the commentary you put to it was absolutely perfect so that that was a great submission by you a alley-oop on nba 2k17 this is a sticky fingers highlight nba 2k17 ultimate classic teams roster he was using my roster um and it was an alley-oop to Julius Irving who did a windmill off the alley-oop and threw it down. And it just looked awesome. And Sticky Fingers did a good job getting the highlight from multiple angles. So that was in there. And then Nate Stasho with an NBA Live 08 highlight from our Parsec session, which was a steal on one end and a LeBron dunk and a foul on the other end. Those were actually my three favorite highlights in the countdown. Well, you and I, we love those retro games, obviously. And it's funny to call 2K14 a retro game at this point, but again, it, I suppose it, it kind of is going on eight or nine years old. And and I totally meant to make that pass. It didn't just happen accidentally. I totally meant that, and I'll stick by that. It looked amazing. Like, it looked right on point. Uh, Sticky Fingers actually commented on the Twitter post of the video, and he said, you know, nice pass or nice assist, Andrew, etc. Um, yeah, I thought it was awesome. But great highlights again. Thank you for all the submissions to the top ten. Um, you know, we're getting more and more submissions every single week, and I, I think people are really liking it. So I'll definitely continue to put it out, you know, each week. Absolutely. Thank you so much for contributing to the, the top 10. It, it's always fun to see those highlights coming in and, and which games people are playing. And it, it does vary. And it, that's, it is very cool to see. And again, Derek, kind of that barometer on, on what people are playing that week. 
Right. And we've been playing NBA 2K22 as well. My brother and I, um, we just made it to the NBA finals on our legend season. So we only got four games left and we'll end up, you know, winning the championship. And I'm not sure what we're going to do with NBA 2K22 after we finish that season. We might try a season against each other using regular teams. Um, me with the Pelicans, him maybe with the Warriors. And you know, if that doesn't go well, we might even put NBA 2K22 down and wait for NBA 2K23 because the game doesn't grab us that well. It works when we're playing on the same team and playing legends and playing loose and just playing for stats. But from a competitive standpoint, it doesn't grab us. So we may retire back from 2K22 and, you know, start playing more on 2K19 again or 2K16 or 2K17 etc. So um, I'm not sure what the future is for 2K22 in my household, but I was curious about you with that game because I know that you have put it down for a while now. Yeah, I haven't really been playing it, to be honest. It just hasn't grabbed me this year. Uh, I was going to play a, a My NBA in the uh, PS5 version. It didn't really come to fruition. I wasn't really feeling the gameplay that much. I don't want to play my career in the newest games. I don't want to deal with running around the city and doing fashion shows and whatnot. So that's why I've been playing 2K14 and having a blast with that. Enjoying that NBA focused my career so much more. And obviously I built up that, I had the rookie season last year. So I'd already made a lot of progress in that. And it's a save that I can pick up at any time and, and play. But to that point, I've been enjoying that more and playing through the, the second season, putting up the putting up the numbers and looking to go back to back with the back-to-back champions and playing with Mello on the team since he joined us in the offseason considering whether I want to actually change to another team see if I can get to the Bulls maybe in year three or four uh, depending on when I can leave on the rookie contract when how how the game handles free agency uh, that it does change in certain games with my career they give you more flexibility than others and um, and give you a bit more control over the, the course of your career so I'll see how that goes but no that, that's been a lot of fun that's why you're getting all the highlights from that uh, from that my career Right, the bonus for me is getting all these highlights from Andrew. That's been the bonus. But how awesome has it been being able to break up your time with NBA 2K14 with Parsec Sessions? You know, being able to play NBA Jam on Fire Edition together um, on the road trip, being able to connect on Live 2004 and Live 96 and and whatnot. Uh, I know it's been good for me. It's been a good thing for me to be able to use parsec connect with you and have a different gaming experience than you know before we discovered the application no doubt i just need to be able to uh, dust off different games with you from time to time instead of uh, instead of being a creature of habit i love playing the games let, 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 me, let, let me put it this way i love playing the games that you select but every now and then i was like i want to see hey how does this game work on parsec right yeah, like maybe one true. of the newer titles yeah. or something like that. But we're always retiring to like NBA Jam Tournament Edition or NBA Live 2003 or 2004. And by the way, I always have fun when we play those games. Um, and I don't blame you for going back and seeing, you know, and, and wanting to choose them either. But um, yeah, maybe we'll try something a little bit different next time on on your end. Um, either way, I, I host quite a bit when we play and that's always fun as well. I mean, you, you know me, I get on kicks. So when, once I get hooked on a game, I've kind of got to ride that out to the end. Oh, yeah. I mean, and we still got to get our NBA Live 06 season going, and that's one of my goals. So maybe actually, you know, why don't we try to do that this week? We'll try to see if we can get a game in of the Live 06 season before the podcast. Oh, definitely. And, and that's become a game, the 360 version, that I've become much more fond of in recent years. The PC version, one of my favorites. One of the games I take to an island, as I mentioned last week. But we've been talking about that for a long time. We had a session where I think my connection was acting up and it, uh, 
it, it wasn't working as, as well as usual, so we, we put it aside and uh, said, okay, let's try that at a different time. But no, I'm keen to get on to that season because we had such, I think, a, a great idea with the with the Magic, and uh, that seems like a really fun team to uh, to play with. And, we, and it has worked 99.9% of the time on that game so well. You know, it, some one of the best games that's actually worked on the connection with us. I think, it, uh, did I host one a game at some point, or I tried to, or, or was that just to see if the sound would work? With the, uh, I think that was just to see if the sound would work. But that's Dan, your Australia, your, your Australia internet. Ah, Dan. But, yeah. <laughs> it's what it is, unfortunately. I don't know yeah. how we do it. I, I don't even know how we have such great sessions and play. Um, I mean, I guess it's a testament to how good that application is. I was going really. to say, yeah, it just shows how Parsec is, is, is so good with the uh, with that and i suppose that's why i also default back to certain games i default back to what i know works pretty well but no we, we do need to get back into that live 06 uh, season because yeah we, we were really uh, taken by 06 last year and, and that idea of that season with the magic is uh, is one is one to explore because we haven't well, we've done the road trip together but we haven't done a season together yet so that was uh that was the idea we settled on and i, I think that'll be fun yeah it'll be a lot of fun so yeah we'll we'll keep folks updated on that and we'll probably talk about it on the next podcast well, speaking of old favorites, Derek, uh, you put out this week's mailbag question, uh, former starting five with your favorite players to use from basketball video games, which invites all of us to think back through the years to all the virtual hardwood legends. Yeah, that, that was one of the goals. I wanted to see um, the oddball names, right? Like I, I had mentioned in past episodes how dominant my brother Nick was with Alonzo G on NBA 2K11, 2K12, and 2K13. And, you know, my brother scored 100 points with Dan Dickow on NBA Live 2004. Um, you know, and the people in the answers didn't disappoint. There were a couple oddball names in there, people that aren't pro- weren't prominent names in the NBA that people just loved using in those past games. Um, you know, they use those players for, for various reasons. Um, before we get to their responses, though, I am curious, uh, because I have no idea what the, what, what your responses are going to be. Um, what is your starting five? So I kind of picked more of an all virtual hardwood team. So I didn't go strictly by position. In fact, it might be a bit of a small ball <laughs> uh, lineup uh, in that regard. But actually, actually, it does work. Uh, so perhaps the oddball name on my five is uh, Mike Bibby in Live 2002. Around about that time, I just kind of got obsessed with getting Mike Bibby on any franchise I played in Live 2002, probably because I played a Kings franchise, and that was really fun, and he was already on the Kings, of course. But for a while there, it's, it was like, I've got to get Mike Bibby as my starting point guard. I think maybe it was that big clutch shot he hit in the, uh, in the Western Conference Finals that year, but, but yeah, he, he was just, you know, he could make shots, he, he, he was just, you know, great at dishing the, uh, the ball, um, just, just kind of became a fan of his. So, yeah, Mike Bibby in Live 2002 is, is the, probably the oddball on that list. How great was he to watch in real life, too? As much as I love Jason Williams, and I still think that Jason Williams is more fun to watch than Mike Bibby, Mike Bibby was still incredibly entertaining. Like, he had that quick pull-up. You could knock him down from downtown. Um, he was super quick side-to-side, really good ball handler. Like, I really enjoyed watching Mike Bibby. And if you enjoyed watching them in real life and he, you know, with a skill set like his, you definitely enjoyed using him in video games, right? You'd seek out using a player like Mike Bibby in video games. Um, I guess I'll go with mine and we can swap positions. So for point guard for me, I actually had two choices here. This was really tough. 2K9, Allen Iverson. And the reason is, is because before the rosters were updated for 2K9, Allen Iverson was on the Nuggets. And I started a season against my brother on NBA 2K9 with the Iverson Nuggets. And he was at point guard. 
And then J.R. Smith was at shooting guard and Carmelo was at small forward, Kenyon Martin at power forward. And I believe it was Nene at center. And Iverson was just so fun to use with that bumper dribbling and getting in between the seams and doing quick pull-up jumpers and whatnot and then slashing and everything. So I'm going to say Allen Iverson, 2K9. My other choice would have been Jason Williams, NBA 2K17. Why? Because I love Jason Williams. But also because they had the fancy pass button that just worked so well in NBA 2K17 with the tap, the double tap of the button to, to initiate. And Jason Williams, when I put in the 0102 King, excuse me, the 2000, 2001 Kings in the original UCTR roster, I was just using that team all the time just so I could constantly fancy pass with Jason Williams. So, um, those would be my two answers at point guard. But if I had to choose one out of the two, it would be Allen Iverson and NBA 2K9. See, that's interesting because you threw out the five examples when you put out the mailbag question. And I wondered if that was going to be your five because you did mention Jason Williams uh, actually in the original 2K as, as the example. But I think we've brought up before how much when you play with Magic Johnson or Jason Williams in a game that has the fancy pass control, especially a, a quick double tap, as you do in the, the recent games from 2K16, 17 onwards, you have to do it every time with those guys. You always, you're always tapping fancy pass. I just I can't help it. I, I would say that the majority of my passes with both Magic Johnson and Jason Williams are with the fancy pass. And you know damn well that on pretty much every fast break, it's a fancy pass. Has so who's your shooting guard? My, my shooting guard is, is actually not a surprise, probably. Uh, ben Gordon in NBA Live 06. Just I was going to say something. By the way, can I say something really quick? I was looking through your NLSC virtual hardwood stories thread of your NBA Live 06 season. And I just saw some ridiculous games from Ben Gordon. Oh, that year too. Absolutely. Uh, quadruple doubles, 92 points against the Lakers. 92 points. That was, that was the one, the, the 92 points with Ben Gordon. I was just, I was dying looking, dying looking at that. And you went on a huge win streak. I think your winning record for that season was what, 77 and five? It was, yes. That was like record. So yeah, I was looking through that thread. I never even talked to you about this off air. Um, but, I, I knew after looking at that thread and once I pitched that question that Ben Gordon was going to be your shooting guard. It was like, he has to be your shooting guard. Just so fun playing with him in that game and, and making use of the outside uh, scorer, freestyle superstars, movesets. You know, when I needed a basket, drive with, <laughs> drive with Gordon and hit the uh, behind-the-back layup or the up-and-under layup and uh, and you'd get it. Or if you didn't, you knew that the, uh, the comeback logic was really kicking in hardcore <laughs> at that point. Uh, that was such a memorable dynasty for me. Uh, Gordon was a big part of that. Um, actually missed 20 games in his first season because of uh, he got injured and missed uh, 20 games with a, with a broken wrist. And funnily enough, not being able to play with him and having to replace him and, and sign Latrell Sprewell from the Freegents pool, that made that year one of that, that dynasty uh, memorable in its own right. But of course, playing with him in year two uh, was even better. Got snubbed for the All-Star team twice, which I was pretty annoyed about back in the day. Uh, I'd still have that, that save going, so if I want to play year three, I can actually go back and, and do so. But Ben Gordon is, is definitely my guy at uh, Shooting Guard, Live 06, Ben Gordon. A lot of great memories there. But, uh, but how about you? Is, is it the same as the, uh, as the example you threw out there? It's a surprise. A surprise? This one's a, well, for you, I just want to point out, getting Latrell Sprewell off the free agent list when he was still, he wasn't old yet, that's a steal. So that's a good little plug-in, Latrell Sprewell. For Ben Gordon during, you know, if, if Ben Gordon were to get injured. For me, this might surprise people. So, Kevin Gamble from NBA Showdown. Ooh, yeah. That's, I, I did not here's, see that coming. Yeah, Because you said well, you, mentioned, you mentioned Kobe. You, you mentioned Kobe on, um, 
on Twitter, yeah. Uh, there was a there's a reason. So there was a glitch in NBA Showdown for the Super NES version. When you got to the playoffs, for some odd reason, Kevin McGamble's speed would be like twice the normal huh. or more, two or three times the normal. And I would fly up and down the court with Kevin Gamble and just score constantly. And I remember exploit using this glitch to my advantage and just absolutely blowing out the computer. I don't know if my cartridge was the only one that had this glitch. I don't know if it was a known glitch. Obviously, back then, people weren't posting about this stuff on the internet and everything. But Kevin Gamble was just so fun to use and so dominant in those playoffs in NBA Showdown. I have to choose him my regular go-to in games it's going to be kobe bryant like normally to use like he's just a blast to use in almost every video game you saw my highlight in the top 10 of using kobe on um, 2k22 on our legend season that was the, <laughs> the leapfrog play. yeah leapfrog yeah over the guy he just dunked on etc but you know if we're talking about a video game legend choice kevin gamble's my legend choice based on just those playoffs I'm now interested to go back and check that out in Showdown and, and see if it was a glitch. You remember I went back and had a look at the uh, the Grizzlies court glitch in uh, Live 96 PC and, and found out, yes, I didn't imagine that and found out the reason for it. So I'd love to see if that was actually a thing. But maybe it's an early example of gambling mechanics in games. Yeah, normally I give you credit, Andrew, but that, that wasn't very good. That's terrible, yeah. Kevin, yeah, gambling mechanics. Um, but, uh, no, yeah, I, I knew that you'd be surprised though, that I didn't choose, uh, Kobe Bryant, but yeah, let me know, let me know when, uh, when you test that out to see, to tell me if it's super Kevin Gamble in the playoffs. No, I am very uh, interested to uh, test that out now that you brought that up. Cause I, I didn't play showdown back in the day. Uh, I had the super Nintendo, but it wasn't released. Uh, there was no power release for showdown actually. And, and except for, for Genesis, which of course is the, uh, the mega drive here in power regions. So I didn't play that until until years later. I do have a copy now. Of course I do. It's there in that big photo that I need to uh, need to post. But no, that, that's an interesting one. So I'll definitely check that out. Uh, I, I guess I'm up for my small forward. Yep, go for it. Uh, so at small forward, I'm actually going to say Michael Jordan in 2K11. Uh, he is, of course, a shooting guard, but this is uh, kind of a, a small ball lineup that I'm uh, assembling here of my uh, favorites to play with. And of course, just love the Jordan challenge. Um, I, it took me a while to get into 2K11, but once it clicked with me, uh, you know, had to had to play it, had to get, play through the Jordan Challenge, and, and did so on PC. And I actually want to do it again on 360 and PS3. Go through and finish it all over again from scratch on those platforms. But you know, he was he was perfect in that game. Just the, the way they got his uh, such a, a fantastic face for him. You know, the, the tongue wagging, his his jump shot looking as it did, and playing as he, and all the animations. Uh, they just went all out on the Jordan Challenge, which is one of the reasons 2K11 is such a fantastic release. Uh, yeah. Playing with playing with MJ in 2K11 was special. And now, in NBA 2K22, Jordan has like half of those animations. And his shot doesn't look as good. And he doesn't do the same moves around the hoop. It's a little disappointing, right? He doesn't do his one-foot fade. Like that like little one-foot, really nifty fadeaway that he did, um, you know, in NBA 2K11, you know, off his back foot. Uh, he doesn't do that in the newer game. So, yeah, it's, it's crazy how they went backwards on the, the Michael Jordan authenticity. Um, no, that's a good choice. Uh, for small forward for me, I actually went with Grant Hill, um, from NBA fast break 98. And I've talked about it on the show before hunting his with a move only he can make with his signature dunk 
was one of the most fun things I've experienced in video game history. It was just really fun to get up and down the floor with Grant Hill. He was so dominant. He would dunk on anybody. He had his signature move that you could execute from the elbows and everything. Just watching him fly to the hoop and throw it down. Um, I, I just... I remember constantly getting excited going into using the Detroit Pistons um, and going into games using the Detroit Pistons specifically to hunt that Grant Hill move. So Grant Hill, NBA Fast Break 98 is my small forward. I mean, Grant Hill was such a special player back in the day. I mean, you, you imagine what he could do, what he would have become if not for those injuries. As it is, he still had a Hall of Fame career in my view. You know, Is he in the Hall of Fame? He was actually uh, inducted to the Hall of Fame, wasn't he? Grant Hill? I believe it was. I have to take a look, but I, I believe that he was, yes. And I remember there being some debates back in the day in the forum, does he deserve it? And I always said he did, because when you look at his peak, and then, of course, he added some longevity and reinvented himself as, as a key role player, you know, I, I think when you look at some of the other players that are in the Hall of Fame, Grant Hill definitely has a, a case of his own. So I believe he is in the Hall of Fame, and, and yes, that's that's justified. I did check, yes, he is, and his two nicknames are G Money and Mr. Nice. Is that basketball reference? That, yeah, I know. The basketball reference names aren't always right, but let's just go with it because it's funny. G-Money for Grant Hill. I, I rem- that's just kind of good. It is. I remember, I remember Glenn Rice being called G-Money back in the day. I mean, there's two Jets, right? Kenny Smith, the Jet, and then you got Jason Terry, the Jet. There's, so there's I guess, multiple, you know, uh, multiple big dogs, Antoine Carr and Glenn Robinson, senior. Well, actually, junior. Right. When, you, when we think of big dog, we definitely think of Glenn Robinson, senior. Yes. Let's be honest. Like I, I, I never think of Antoine Carr. But who's at power forward for you? At power forward, um, this kind of pains me to say because I've kind of uh, cooled on him in recent uh, times because of some comments he's made. But uh, Scottie Pippen in NBA Jam Tournament Edition. I mean, of course, MJ wasn't in the game loving the Bulls as I did basically from when at the time I became a basketball fan and basketball gamer. Uh, you know, using Pippen in, uh, in, in Tournament Edition uh, always loving, always trying to trigger those somersault dunks. You know, and I would even, with, when playing with my cousin, we'd write down how many times we could get somersault dunks because it was, it was such a, a great, uh, great feeling, especially with the ones that flew right off the screen and come back down again. Um, and w- when they got blocked, it was, all, <laughs> it was always disappointing because, damn it, we, we got it to work. Um, and of course, Pippen had one of the was one of the nine rated rated nine dunk in dunks in that game, so he was one of the best dunkers. Uh, and of course, again, no MJ, so so Pip was uh, was the guy in a lot of those games in the '90s when MJ was missing, uh, including uh, TE. Stat padding somersault dunks—that's a new one. Yeah, that's, but I'm all yeah. for it. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm all for it. Um, for for me, it's uh, it's Sean Kemp uh, and NBA 2K14, and I know that you've had experiences with Sean Kemp recently on 2K14 because you had a top ten player throwing him a few oops. Oh yes, right? yes. NBA 2K14, Sean Kemp is a different breed. Um, whether it's on next gen or it's on the current gen, so like the PC version or whatnot or PS3 version, he throws it down constantly. He's excellent going up for oops. The power of his dunks which you experienced are just second to none in that game. And I just love the way he feels overall on the floor. And I use him, whether it be in the UBR or the default roster, uh, if we're doing just a draft roster with all the, you know, with the, with the default game with no mods in it, um, you know, I'm, I'm drafting Kemp 100% of the time. So my power forward is Sean Kemp NBA 2K14, whether it be next gen or the PS3, PC, Xbox 360 version. Sean Kemp, definitely a fun player to use. As you said, I've experienced him in 2K14 as well when I was uh, playing with some retro teams there. 
again, you you got to throw lobs with GP the glove to the Rain Man. You, you actually have to you have to do that. Much like using the flashy pass with Jason Williams and uh, and Magic Johnson, it, it's just what you have to do. Uh, Sean Kemp, I also had in my Live 06 uh, Dynasty, as you saw, obviously, if you read through the, the thread, uh, added him in the rosters, uh, reduced his ratings because he's obviously a veteran at that point and uh, passed his prime. A lot of fun to add him and have him as that veteran presence uh, in the middle and even threw, threw down some dunks with him uh, that were uh, very satisfying, even with those reduced ratings and uh, altered uh, dunk package at the time. Yeah, a, a lot of fun to, to use in, in, the, uh, in the day. One of the most entertaining players from the 90s. Uh, without a doubt, and and also NBA Live 2001. You know, recently we had him, and uh, he had that amazing dunk for us in the uh, Live 2001 game. Hate to say it, but that was a top ten finish. You know, I might have to try to fit that into the top ten at some point over the next coming weeks because he absolutely barreled over the defender, and he did that. It was like a tomahawk, one-handed dunk, and it looked absolutely awesome. So uh, I might have to get that dunk that we did on NBA Live 2001 in the top ten at some point. It was a list of blister. The only thing missing was the pointing after. Yes, or, 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 or for that matter, Alton Lister, but uh, nevertheless, um, same uh, same energy, same uh, same emphatic finish. So who do you have at center? So center, I'm going to say Kevin Garnett, NBA Live 2004, and this is from my Live 2004 dynasty, when I made the memorable trade of, let's see, what was it, I've got to get it right, uh, Marcus F. and Pfizer, um, I know, trading Pfizer, what, what, what blasphemy, but uh, you know, when, when KG is on the table, what can you do? Uh, Pfizer, Jalen Rose, and Roger Mason Jr. for Kevin Garnett, and for some reason, the Timberwolves took that, and I wasn't going to complain. They got a three-point legend, Roger Mason. Yes, that's, that's right, yeah. Now, I, I think I had a quadruple-double with him at some point in that season, certainly a few triple-doubles, I think a 72-point game. Uh, he was the finals MVP, went back-to-back in that, uh, that dynasty uh, yeah, I mean, KG was always one of my favorite non-bulls from very early on in his career, and yeah, to get him in, in a game like that was such a memorable trade that I, I, I tried to replicate that. I tried to get that trade to go through in, uh, in by recreating that uh, that dynasty, and it just wouldn't. I could never get it to work. I could throw in Jay, uh, Jay Williams and get them to accept that, but not Roger Mason. I, I think it was just must have been their winning record at the time, their record at the time, and their interest in the players, how I was using them, because there was the interest bar that year in, uh, in that first iteration of, uh, of Dynasty. I think it was just that perfect storm that somehow I got that trade through and they accepted it. Never been able to, get, to replicate it since, but it certainly made that Dynasty memorable. Uh, yeah, Kevin Garnett, one of my favorite players to have acquired and, uh, and played with in, uh, in video games. Wild that Jay Williams is the guy that can now get it to go through. Yeah. Of all people, Jay freaking Williams. Center for me... I'm doing this. This is the rabbit foot here. This is superstition. This is me needing a little bit of good luck because I don't have that much experience with College Hoops 2K8. Um, Hashim to I'm taking him. Um, it's going to be number 34 on UConn at center for me uh, in, in this scenario. And I'm just going to stick with that. I, I need that good luck. Hashim DeBeat's going to lead me to the NCAA College Hoops 2K8 March Madness title. So yeah, that's I'm going with that. I mean, he beat me at the buzzer in Live 10. He did. We got to do that again. We got to do that fantasy matchup again on NBA Live 10 with video game legends. Um, me with Troy Murphy and Hashim DeBeat and whatnot. And you with, you know, Ben Gordon and Jumpin' Joe Alexander and all of that stuff. We got to do that. That was fun. That, that was one of our early Parsec sessions. Uh, we haven't really gone back to that. I suppose because we've had so much fun with the, the makeshift retro teams, but, but that was wild. So I remember in that game... Was wearing the uh, 
the Warriors that that fan made jersey from the the contest that was in '09 and then it was left in '10. That that weird uh, fan made jersey. I was wearing that, and and you with the Retro Pistons jersey. But yeah, uh, Thabit uh, killing me at the buzzer like that. Yeah, I thought that was just a really fun game. But he's just he was so dominant in so many of the past games because the game struggled to factor in height and make it realistic. So um, he's definitely been good to use in the few uh, practice games that I've had on college hoops, 2K8, spinning in the lane, you know, and throwing it down or, you know, getting an offensive rebound and going right up to the gym and everything. So, um, you know, hopefully he can make some noise and help me pick up a couple wins in the tournament or even help me win the tournament. So we'll see. A few other people's picks uh, kind of along those lines of those tall players that just dominated. Before we open up the mailbag, also wanted to mention the other example that you mentioned on Twitter, uh, Shaq in Live 2002, just so dominant in that game. Unstoppable. He scored about 73 on me once in, in, on 12-minute uh, quarters, just doing everything I could with Divac to try and stop him. Um, yeah, he, once, once he triggered that dunk animation in the lane, yeah, it, it was over. Yeah, I played a recent game, which I talked about on a prior episode, um, of me using the Wizards against the Lakers. And that was a big mistake because Shaq absolutely demolished me all game. He was just dunking on me constantly. Oh, and also hitting like mid-rangers and whatnot. Um, but yeah, just completely throttling me in the paint. It was tough. It was tough. I think I ended up winning that game, but barely. He was killing me. The most frustrating part about Shaq, facing Shaq in basketball video games, is when he starts hitting free throws like he's Steph Curry. Yeah, I want to say that he was hitting pretty much all his free throws in the game that I played against him. So, yeah, that wasn't very realistic. Definitely dominant, as he was in real life, obviously. So it's it's not uh, it's not Jumpin' Joe Alexander dominating in Live 10. It, it's a little bit more realistic than that. But that's the point of these virtual hardwood legends, is that it does create these fun memories of, uh, of unexpected players, and sometimes expected players as well, putting up big numbers and, uh, and having some fun doing that. And uh, with that in mind, it's time to open up the mailbag. To the mailman, the What an unbelievable dunk! As you said, Derek, once again, great responses. Yeah, a lot of people chimed in. I had a feeling they would because people, especially retro gamers, uh, have a lot of nostalgia for uh, the performances of certain players in past games or the usage of certain players and teams in past games. So I had a feeling we would get a lot of responses, and we did, and a lot of great responses as well. So let's get right into it. Uh, Betsmack, at Betsmack2 on Twitter. His five, Alan Iverson from 2K3, MJ from 2K11, Larry Bird from 2K22, Kevin Garnett from Live 2003, and Yao Ming from Live 06. And I know that uh, Yao Ming was one that jumped out to you as well. That jumped out to me instantly because Yao Ming, I, I just said earlier, you know, the video games, especially in the past, just had a really hard time factoring in height and how to make it realistic, you know, for taller players on the floor. NBA Live 06 with Yao Ming, he was just an absolute beast, completely unstoppable in the paint, and he wouldn't miss in the post. And you could take those mid-range jumpers with him all day, and he would hit them all. And he was just a complete force on defense. Go ahead and try and drive in on Yao Ming in NBA Live 06. And he's just going to keep pushing everything back and swatting everything and rebounding everything. Yeah, Yao Ming was a force in many different video games, and Live 06 is is no exception. Uh, Larry Bird in 2K22 jumps out. uh, Been talking to to Leo Valor in the forum. He's been playing some My Team in 2K22, uh, mentioning how powerful uh, Larry Bird has been for him in the mode. Larry doesn't miss because his shot is so easy to time. Um, so basically, my brother and I have him for uh, our 
uh, NBA 2K22, uh, my NBA, which we just finished. Like I said, we're, we're going on to the NBA Finals now. But during the season, now remember, we're playing on Hall of Fame, so we have Hall of Fame shooting there. Um, for the season, I think we shot 65% from three with him on a lot of attempts per game. And if you're, if you're assist hunting like we are with Magic Johnson during that game, um, or if you're assist hunting with anybody else, but specifically Magic Johnson to hit his numbers, the play is always to get Larry Bird in the high post. So my brother will run to the high post with Larry Bird, and I'll use Magic Johnson, and I'll feed Larry Bird, and my brother will just do a fadeaway, and he'll smoke it, and he'll hit it like 99% of the time. So that's how dominant Larry Bird is. Fadeaways on the move, straight up and down, um, semi-contested, semi etc. He rarely misses when you figure out his shot. MJ and 2K11, for the reasons I mentioned that we stated as well, that, that I stated, uh, just so special to use him in that game, that, that comeback, such a big deal, uh, have, making him have that comeback on the virtual hardwood and the, celebrating his career with the Jordan Challenge. Uh, KG, a beast in, in so many games. And uh, AI, a popular choice, actually. And of course, you brought up Allen Iverson in, uh, in 2K9. But uh, yeah, 2K3 for, for Betsmack. And understandably so, of course, the cover player that year. Yeah, I mean, Allen Iverson, um, one of my favorite players of all time. Um, I loved using him on all of the past video games. Uh, he was just really fun to use. Um, and on those earlier 2Ks, you know, that you had that really quick rounding the corner move that you could do. And so it's like a like a really quick first step. And Allen Iverson was probably the best in the game at that as far as like getting from the perimeter to the hoop with that move um so yeah that's not a surprise they would have iverson on there you know what iverson doesn't help with in the early 2k games the free throw shooting <laughs> you hated that i do i still do we, we were doing yeah we, we were playing and you just like gave up you were like screw it i'm just gonna miss this free throw and hope to get the offensive rebound i am not doing this bumper you know green arrow free throw stuff um and i don't blame you because it's definitely frustrating um doing that the funny thing is, I was trying it myself, playing locally on my copy of the game. So not even over Parsec, so not even like with a minuscule amount of, of, of you know, on- online uh, input lag. And it was the same. I, I couldn't do any better. So I, it's, I can't blame my internet or Parsec or anything else for this. I'm just going to blame the game. Yeah, it, it's, it's not a good mechanic. Um, I take the T bar over that any day. Just before we move on to the, the next uh, response, speaking of free throw mechanics, the, the tilt system in 2k and college hoops at the time the the motion they were they're really pushing that for a while on playstation i, I have to uh turn that off in the in the tournament obviously because the uh, controllers don't have that uh, the six axis ability of the, of the playstation 3 uh that was interesting but yeah i, I still prefer a team meter or even a green release uh home release um mechanic over that it's the thing is is it's another addition to a game that doesn't really speak to any authenticity right yeah like it doesn't make feel like you're really shooting the free throw um i think it's kind of a ridiculous mechanic and i'm glad that i was able to get the patch for college hoops 2k8 for the tournament to turn that off and make it so you can just use the right right stick by pulling the right stick down and letting it go to shoot him much better without a doubt but uh next up we have danny at danny demonica on twitter uh penny hardaway in nba jam tournament edition uh the duo of scotty pippen and charles barkley in nba showtime uh david robinson in nba 2k and Akeem Olajuwon in NBA Live 97. Okay, so I'm loving the fact that people like are are naming 
arcade basketball video games, right? Because they could have easily gone to just like the live or 2K series or think like from the five on five standpoint. But they're like, you know what? These arcade basketball games, they count. And I loved using these players. So I'm going to name them. Um, I'm a big fan of NBA Showtime. As you know, um, I, one of my go-tos is always the Rockets. Um, so I, I definitely know where he's coming from as far as using Barkley in that game. And while I'm not fond of Pippen, he's always fun to use in those games. And I believe that in NBA hoops, you have the ability to use, I want to say, Olajuwon Francis. And I'm not sure if Barkley's in NBA hoops. I'll have to double check that. I don't think he is, but I believe that it for Houston in NBA hoops um, with Shaq on the cover. I know that Elijah and Francis are on there, but um, no, I'm not. I love the fact that he's bringing up players from NBA jam tournament edition and NBA showdown because the arcade games definitely count here. Well, to that point, Elijah one in, uh, t- in tournament edition is, would probably be one of my honorable mentions as well. Uh, he and Drexler in the updated version, uh, the PC release had, uh, them on the on the rockets uh, they reflected the drexler uh, thorpe trade i believe the playstation version might have had that as well was that trade in that game actually i'm not 100 percent sure i'd have to go back and, and boot up the game and check it out yeah i'll have to uh, look it up as well because it's definitely in the pc version the pc had a lot of late updates from the 95 off season and some of the logo updates for the 96 season so it's kind of covers a few seasons there but it did have the drexler for thorpe trade so uh so having having the glide and uh, and the dream together was uh, very powerful in that game. They were the the boss team, if you will, <laughs> the, the, at the top of the ladder in, in tournament edition, being the champions that year. Obviously, uh, yeah. So uh, one was was definitely uh, powerful in that game. Actually, David Robinson was as well in in tournament edition. He and and Robin were quite a, a duo. And uh, of course, David Robinson there in the original uh, 2K. I'm, I'm guessing that Danny means the original 2K or, or maybe 2K in general. But I mean, the, the admiral is a uh, <laughs> is a superstar. Yeah, my brother was fantastic with David Robinson on NBA Fast Break 98, actually. The Spurs were his go-to team. And um, in NBA Fast Break 98 and in, like, he, you know, the early 2Ks, like uh, the original NBA 2K and everything, uh, David Robinson was incredibly dominant, especially on the defensive end. Next up, we have Derek, not you, Derek, but another Derek, at Chuckboy Thunder on Twitter. Uh, AI in 2K3, uh, 1985 MJ in NBA Street Volume 2, uh, T-Mac in NBA Live 2005, Tim Duncan in NBA 2K8, and Shaq in NBA 2K2. Uh, I'm not surprised by any of those choices. I imagine Shaq in 2K2 was as dominant as he was in uh, in Live 2002, even with different mechanics. Uh, another vote for AI in 2K3. And uh, 85MJ in Street Volume 2. Uh, we were using, I think, pr- were we using Prime MJ when we played uh, Street Volume 2? We were using Prime M- MJ. You were locked on him, the 99 overall MJ. And boy, was he a blast, right? Oh, yeah. I love the fact that he brought up a specific version of MJ and then also MJ from, you know, an arcade game, you know, like a street volume two, because Jordan didn't make an appearance in many arcade basketball hoops games. So that's uh, pretty awesome that he included that. And, and Jordan is just absolutely a blast, whichever version you use in street volume two, because the gameplay is so fun and they did a good job with Jordan. Yeah. I mean, th- that's a great choice. Next up leader of the foot clan at AKA underscore Chuck underscore cross on Twitter. Jim Les in NBA Showdown, Mitch Richmond in NBA Live 96, Darius Miles in NBA 2K21, Charles Barkley in Lakers vs. Celtics, and Simbula in NBA 2K22. Now, I know the Jim Les uh, example is another one that really caught your eye, Derek. Well, the Jim, Jims of the world, let's be honest, back in those older games, you know, it could be a guy that averaged three points per game, five points per game, 
hell, one point a game or never even really made it onto the court. But if you could shoot the three, you could be a 30 point scorer. You could be absolutely deadly. So the Jim Les, the, the Mark prices, the Steve Kerr's, um, those guys, those guys could be so deadly in those older games. So I love the fact that he brought this up. And even for the early 2000s games, like I said, my brother scored 119 points in a game with Dan Dickow on NBA Live 2004. Like, like you could just be absolutely dominant if you could shoot the long ball in a lot of those older games. So I'm not surprised to see that there. And I think it's awesome that he mentioned it. I do want to say that Sim Bular, we, we talked about this on a prior podcast, Simbular, him mentioning that any version of Simbular just makes me happy because he was so incredibly dominant for us in NBA 2K15 and not even like a souped up Simbular. We're not talking about like a, a my team card where his ratings are exaggerated and he's ridiculously dominant because of it. We're talking about default in game free agent Simbular in NBA 2K15 was like a shack on steroids, it felt like in that game uh we, we he was just so dominant um so it's nice to see sim bular on the list there so sim or hashim <sighs> that's tough um what, why not both why don't have uh, twin towers we can't rocky rabbit but we can't say no i can't go <laughs> go against hashim to beat in anything right now so i'm gonna say hashim to beat because he's gonna he's gonna bring me to the ncaa championship so i'm going with hashim uh mitch richmond in live 96 you know, again, having a shooter in those older games, uh, so important. Of course, he went on to be the cover player of Live 97. Uh, Darius Miles in Live 2003 was incredibly overrated, uh, actually. He was uh, 87 overall. He often developed very easily into a 99 overall, and he developed his shooting as well. He was just a cheat code in that game. And of course, you could dunk from the very start, so he was he was great to have in franchise mode because you either he either developed into a star or you could trade him for a star because of his overall rating. And Charles Barkley, Lakers versus Celtics. Uh, he had his, uh, did he have his signature dunk in Lakers versus Celtics, or was that um, Bulls versus Blazers, the later one? I'm actually not 100% sure on that either. That's something I'd have to look up. But I'm sure that leader of the Foot Clan, the guy that, you know, submitted this answer, I'm sure he would know. Absolutely. Let us let us know. Let us know. Next up, NBA Live 2001 legend Nate Stasho, at Nate Stasho on Twitter. Uh, Mike Bibby in Live 06. Alan Iverson in Live 2002. LeBron James in 2K14. Pat Garrity in NBA Live 2001. And Kevin Garnett in NBA Live 2001. Uh, no surprise to see Live 2001 in there. Uh, as mentioned, Pat Garrity before the uh, once again ice water in his veins. Pat Garrity. You can basically turn Pat Garrity into Larry Bird in NBA Live 2001. Um, you can turn him into like NBA 2K22 dominant Larry Bird. Um, so I'm not surprised to see that there. Kevin Garnett can play like multiple positions in that game, and he's just so dominant. Uh, again, obviously not a surprise there. Um, one thing that I liked that he mentioned there, uh, was LeBron James in 2k 14. So, and the reason I like that he mentioned this is because he submitted a, a, a top 10 highlight of a pass by LeBron James from the top of the key. And he has like, uh, he scre- like he had like his regular Nate reaction to it after like being pumped up about the pass. So, you know, that he enjoys using LeBron in NBA 2K14, and he was NBA. Um, he was very dominant and fun to use, actually. In NBA 2K14, he was the cover player, and whether you were playing next gen or the you know last gen version, uh, he was a fun player to use. Even though we don't, we're, we're not huge fans of him. He was he was still fun to use. There's a uh, trophy and achievement in 2K14 actually to uh, 
to shoot 93% with him in a game to shoot by mate while also uh, attempting at least 14 uh, field goals. So there's also that, that challenge there to go, if you want to go back and play 2K14. And, and of course, in the current gen and PC version, you had the uh, path to greatness. Right, exactly. Um, another good choice that he had in there was Allen Iverson in Live 2002. I said it before, um, Allen Iverson in those early 2000s games, he was just so fun to use, whether it be NBA 2K or NBA Live. He was one of the faces of the league and his style and his swagger and just the way he played the game and everything. It translated well to video games, so he was always fun to use in those older games. Next up, we have Trav at Midwest King underscore 100 on Twitter, uh, Shaq in Live 95, Larry Johnson in NBA Jam Tournament Edition, Michael Jordan in NBA Live 2002, Kobe Bryant in NBA 2K12, and Allen Iverson in 2K20. Obviously, Allen Iverson, no surprise, a popular pick there. Uh, MJ in Live 2002, of course, the Japanese cover player that year, and, and be, making a comeback with the Wizards that year was a, was a big deal, naturally. And they actually, even though the, the regular cover was um, was Steve Francis, when he made his comeback, Derek, that there was a lot of uh, promotion at the time, a lot of screenshots that they released with him in the Wizards jersey because it was such a big news story that it was natural that they would uh, promote him in the game like that. And, and of course, he ended up being on the Japanese cover as well, but, but no surprises there. Yeah, um, I had a highlight actually also in the top 10 of me using Jordan. Remember I did that crossover into... Um, a spin and then a dunk on Kobe Bryant. That's right. Using the Wizards. Um, he's a little bit overdone athletically in live 2002 for what he was really doing from a dunking standpoint in real life with the Wizards. Um, but yeah, he's he's super dominant in live 2002 when you use him right, you know, fadeaways and, and driving to the hoop and throwing it down and everything. And um, love seeing that. Uh, and of course, Iverson. Iverson's going to keep popping up because um, people still love him. And they love to use him in those games. Shaq, of course, always dominant, uh, regardless of game. And uh, and to that point, uh, QB1120, Q in the forums, also mentions Shaq in NBA Live 95, uh, Dirk in Live 2005, uh, Vince Carter in NBA Street Volume 2, Keon Dooling in NBA 2K7, and Gary Payton in Live 2000. I'm not surprised by Gary Payton. I know that Q is a huge fan of the glove, which is understandable, being such a great player, uh, of course, and still in his prime at that time. Vince Carter for NBA Street Volume Two, you know you want to you want to get up there with uh, with Vince and throw down those crazy dunks after those uh, ridiculous street ball moves. He mentioned Keon Dueling though. That's true. And now that makes me want to go back and revisit NBA Two K Seven because if Keon Dueling made your list, it's either you just love Keon Dueling um, beyond belief, like you're just a huge Keon Dueling fan, um, or he was special in that game secretly. Like he was a little bit overdone or you were able to dominate with him. So I got to go visit NBA 2K7 and look at putting Keon Dueling on the floor. It reminds me of my brother Mark's legendary performances with a guy like TJ Ford in NBA 2K7. I think the first time my, my brother ever picked up, and this is my brother Mark, picked up NBA 2K7, he put the, I think it was the Raptors with TJ Ford on the floor. And TJ Ford, I think, went off for like 50 or 60 points with my brother using him. So TJ Ford is a virtual hardwood legend for us because of that NBA 2K7 performance. Dueling versus Ford, the rivalry we never knew we wanted. I have right. to go. Screw versus Wilkins, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ford versus Dueling. No, well, I'll have to go back and check as well. Whenever you hear that, you think, like, like you said, were they a bit overpowered in that game or were, were the mechanics, did they just lend themselves to 
players of that type and with, with those ratings at a certain level just being uh, OP. Uh, I, I do remember around at the time that, uh, well, just before Keon Dooling was drafted, in fact, on NBA.com, they had the, uh, the scrolling ticker at the time, and one of the headlines was, Teams Drooling Over Dooling, and I thought so- somebody really earned their money on that one, of, uh, <laughs> of that headline. Uh, yeah, but it, it must be that case. But, but no, well, we've, obviously, we have players like that as well, the, the Jumpin' Joe Alexanders of the world, the TJ Fords, the Alonjo Gs. Yeah, it, it is cool when those players <laughs> turn in those huge performances. Actually, in real life as well, you know, when someone unexpected goes off 50 points or whatever, it's it's always entertaining. Like Andre Miller did it. Andre Miller scored 50 points with no threes. That's right. It's all, and Tony Delk also scored 50 points. So, yeah, it's nice when those guys who aren't like superstars or, you know, insanely marketed players, you know, put up those huge scoring performances. And that's kind of cool. And, and it, it, like we said, it's it's really cool when it happens on video games as well. So next up we have per DXDO says Dwight Howard on NBA Live 09, Sean Kemp on NBA Jam on Fire Edition, Vince Carter on NBA Live 2003, Michael Jordan on NBA Street Volume 1, and Darren Williams on NBA 2K13. Vince Carter on NBA Live 2003, obviously the way you could spin into the lane and dunk, I imagine it had some uh, some very fun highlights there. Uh, Michael Jordan in NBA Street Volume 1, of course, previously mentioning the 85 version of uh, Michael Jordan. As, as you said, Derek, not too many arcade games have had MJ in it over the years. So when he showed up there as a, as a player that you could call on at any time to help out your squad, he was a player on the final boss team in, uh, in Rucker Park in that game, if I recall correctly, the first NBA Street. Uh, definitely special. Yeah, I love having um, Michael Jordan in arcade basketball games even in nba playgrounds too remember nba 2k playgrounds too they had michael jordan sure in there and my brother and i used him and he was a blast um to use no the pace isn't that great on that game and I'd, i'd have problems with that and it's not you know the greatest arcade experience all the time but it's still fun to get michael jordan out there in an arcade game and be able to use him you know the two ones that stand out for me though are darren williams and nba 2k 13 with the right stick dribbling and how good Darren Williams was at the time, he was just absolutely unstoppable. He couldn't be blocked at the rim. You could barely block people at the rim in that game anyway, but he could shoot lights out. He was strong and um, he was an excellent passer in that game. Shooter, just slashing, just really good player to use. Not surprised in the least that Darren Williams made the list from 2K13, but Dwight Howard in Live 09. So Dwight Howard was an absolute beast and one of the faces of the, of the NBA in the late 2000s and even early 2010s. In games like NBA Live 09, NBA Live 10, NBA 2K10, etc., Dwight Howard just dunks everything around the rim and sends everything back, usually, that comes his way. He is an absolute blast to use on those games. Um, in fact, I was revisiting NBA 2K10 recently and was using Dwight Howard and I was just having an absolute blast you know backing people down in the paint and throwing it down and whatnot so yeah I definitely see why Dwight Howard would make somebody's list people do forget how good he was in his prime and how dominant he was and no surprise that around that time of course making the finals in 2009 then becoming the the cover player of Live 10 so definitely around that time great to use in games and of course on Fire Edition we know how great how fun Kemp can be in that game. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, Seattle is our go-to team for a reason. And it's not just Gary Pate. Like Sean Kemp is just fantastic to use. You're the one who uses him about 99.9% of the time. And you're constantly going up for loops, constantly catching on fire, constantly doing super dunks. You're swatting everything at the rim. He is probably 
top three best players to use in that entire video game, if not number one for many people. I think one of our favorite moments from our road trip was when we finally shattered a backboard with him. Yeah, no, that was absolutely amazing. But yeah, because it's always better when it's a player like that, right? Because we talked about it. I, I had shattered a backboard with Gary Payton in a previous game, and we were like, eh. It's fun, but not the same. <laughs> right. Um, but when you do it with a guy like Kemp, or you do it with like Dawkins, or something like that, it feels extra special. So, you know, that was a big moment for us. Next up is Freak Band. Uh, NBA 2K8, uh, Chris Paul. 2K10, Kobe Bryant. 2K14, LeBron James. Life 2003, Kevin Garnett, and Life 2001, Shaquille O'Neal. Uh, yeah, once again, some common choices there. 2K14, LeBron James in 2K14, again, another 2003 for, for KG. Shows how dominant he was at that time, and, and Shaq in 2001 as well. Uh, Kobe, of course, the, the cover of uh, the, the NBA 2K10 cover player. Chris Paul is the 2K8 cover player, Derek. Always remember because there was that first screenshot where he looked pretty uh, not quite... Uh, like CP3, then EA Sports kind of got a bit petty and uh, and released some uh, some screenshots of uh, Chris Paul in Live 08. So you know, the 2K cover player they were uh, showing off in their game. So uh, yeah, there was a bit of pettiness back in the day between uh, Live and uh, and 2K. Yeah, we we talked about that, actually the Live 10 faces and how good they were, right? Yes. EA was doing some pretty good things at the time, actually, from a cyberface standpoint. And then they kind of fell off when NBA Live 14 came out mysteriously. Like, they're, suddenly their quality in their faces dropped off dramatically from NBA Live 10. The infamous Russell Westbrook cyberface in Live 14 is one of the worst cyberfaces I've ever seen. But, yeah, you know, he mentions two cover players. He mentions, you know, Chris Paul on 2K8 and Kobe Bryant on Live 10. And I mentioned this on a prior episode, how much, how sometimes it's special using the cover players and doing things with those cover players. So it doesn't surprise me that they'd want to put those guys on the floor and use them more than, you know, the average player in the game. Kobe in 2K10 was absolutely unstoppable with his dribbling and his ability to throw it down at the rim. And his shooting was pretty much unstoppable and whatnot speaking of which we got to connect on 2k10 again at some point in play because we did revisit it at one point and we had we had some fun um and 2k8 just really good mechanics for chris paul in that game it's fun to use the bumper dribbling with him and he's just he's a lot of fun next up we have stildo 33 uh shack in 2k19 barkley in team usa basketball bird in on fire edition and tecmo nba basketball Dan Marley in NBA Showdown, and Isaiah Thomas in 2K15. That is the uh, still active Isaiah Thomas, of course. Well, I mean, Shaq in 2K19 is the least surprising thing I've heard. Him and I have had several Parsec sessions with him using the Orlando Shaq, and he absolutely destroys me with him. Um, He's very good with Shaq around the rim. I want to say that one game he had 40 points and 20 rebounds against me, not even 12-minute quarters with Shaq. So um, it's really nice in 2K19, and that's one thing that they've done well in 2K19 and the other newer 2Ks is making it so your size in your strength combination really matters as far as how deep you can get into the paint and how dominant you can be. Um, so one of his favorite things to do is get a guy on his back and just back up and push his way into the front of the rim and then throw it down on me. And you can do that in NBA 2K19. So that's, that's like probably the least surprising thing I've heard. 
mentions, of course, Dan Marley and NBA Showdown uh, a year later in Live 95, still deadly, as uh, as you demonstrated when you just absolutely rained threes on me in that 95 game we played, uh, including from beyond half court. Yeah, Thunder Dan was ridiculous in that game I played against you. And um, I want to say, what was it? He scored about 50 points in six minutes. Easily. In- against in the second half something like that that video is up on my youtube actually d for three uh yeah i mean that's not he, he was just ridiculous in that game so good good job listing him also he listens lists at larry bird on nba jam on fire edition which i think is kind of special because he just recently started playing that game a ton um in order to compete in the tournament and also to play casually through parsec and everything and he's just warmed up to that game so much in such a short period of time that all of a sudden Larry Bird from On Fire Edition is propelled into one of his five favorite players ever to use. So that's pretty cool. It is. And of course, Bird's jump shot in that game is perfection. It looks awesome and it feels awesome. And that's also important how it feels. Um, And he was raining threes on me for all six games of the finals with Larry Bird. And he was really tough to stop. And finally this week, we have Ray who says, uh, Camilo Anthony in NBA Live 2005, MJ in 2K11, Kevin Durant in 2K14, Larry Bird in NBA Street Volume 2, and T-Mac in NBA Live 07. Three uh, cover players there. I was about to say, that's three cover players. Again, there's just, there's something special about using those cover players, and when you pull something off of them, there's like a special mean to it. was surprised for him to list Larry Bird in Street Volume 2. Not saying that Larry Bird isn't incredibly fun to use in that game, but he is just so fun to use in a lot of the five on five sim games um that uh, a little surprising to hear him mentioned in an arcade title but that's kind of cool too and once again no surprises mj in 2k11 i think it's clear that uh, that it resonated so much the jordan challenge and and alan iverson in 2k3 again it goes back to being so special to use the the cover players in the game especially when they look right and they play right it's it's always disappointing when you get into the the game and wow, that's your cover guy, and that's what he looks like? Right, 100%. Um, I thought they did Allen Iverson incredibly dirty in like NBA 2K16 with the new cyberface that they gave him. And I want to say it was also in NBA 2K15. He wasn't the cover athlete, but he was a multi-time former cover athlete. And they just botched his face so much it looks absolutely nothing like iverson they didn't have his hair black either his hair was like gray and whatnot um it's one of the most disappointing things that i've that they've done to a former cover player that i've ever seen like it just it doesn't look anything like him i'm gonna put it as one of the worst cyber faces in basketball video game history i will say it's better than uh face in live 14 but that's such a low bar to clear that it's it's damning with faint praise and of course, even with your two copies of Live 07, uh, you're not going to be using T-Mac because you're not going to be playing Live 07. I mean, hopefully he's talking about the PlayStation 2 version, which probably was, not probably, it was better than what we got on the Xbox 360. So that's just, that's probably not going to be happening. No, no surprises there. Uh, Live 07 is, is not one to, uh, to revisit too often, if at all. So thank you to everybody who sent in those responses. Great responses all around. A lot of stars, obviously, Derek, but also some interesting uh, role players there. And, and again, they become the virtual hardwood legends. So it's, it's always interesting to hear the, the players that became special for other people. Uh, you know, I think Keon Dooling is, is still going to stand out to me. Yeah, that's the one that stands out to me the most. Um, and I'm going to have to like revisit NBA 2K7, put him on the floor and see what the fuss is about. Um, no, thank you so much for all the responses. Uh, and I can't wait to put out the mailbag prompt next week. I'll, I'll probably put it out on Friday again. 
And I look forward to your responses to that as well. But with that being said, that has brought us to the end of episode number 417 of the NLC podcast. We thank you for joining us for this week's show. Of course, the NLC podcast comes out every Sunday. You can tune in wherever you get your podcasts, as well as on the NLSC, mb-live.com, and our YouTube channel. If you are tuning in on platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, etc., we would definitely appreciate a positive review. And as we wrap up here, Derek, what are your socials and any of the final words you have for our listeners this week? No, thanks for all the responses to the mailbag. Thanks for listening to the podcast. And thank you for all of your submissions to the NLSC Top 10. Also, thank you to the participants in the College Hoops 2K8 NLSC March Madness Tournament. Um, appreciate you participating, and the games are going to be a lot of fun. You can reach me at d for 384 on Twitter or at d for 3 g uh, You can also reach me on the NLSC, d for 3 where I'm a team member. Uh, and I'm on YouTube as well, d for 3 as for me, I'm Andrew in the forum and Andrew NLSC on Twitter. The NLSC is on Twitter and Facebook at the NLSC. On Instagram, we are NLSC Basketball. Our YouTube channel is NBA Live Series Center. And of course, keep it locked to the NLSC itself, nba-live.com, for everything we do for basketball video games. But yes, that's all for this week. So thank you once again for tuning in. Until next time, I'm Andrew. And I'm Derek. Go get buckets, everyone. <laughs>